If you appreciate the work that we do here at the Massachusetts Recreational Consumer Council, become a member. The link will be in the comments. Or if you think we could be doing something better, we also want to hear from you. Just send us a direct message on Facebook. MRCC's Canatalk is focused on helping you stay updated on what's happening with Massachusetts through an audio-video podcast. We feel it's important for the community to be involved in what's happening, and what better way than to listen to the stories that are happening well, today. Hi guys, welcome to podcast number four. My name is Joe Gilmore. I'm the Community Outreach Director for the Massachusetts Recreational Consumer Council. My name is Gabriella. I'm the creative director and administrator of Massachusetts Recreational Consumer Council. And we just want to say thank you to all the Patreons and everyone who came out to the recent public hearings. It means a lot to us and the state of Massachusetts alongside with the industry. Right. Without you guys, the industry or the Cannabis Control Commission wouldn't know what our community needs. So thank you guys for coming out and testifying. You helped shape the industry. So today we're going to be talking about uh, just a recap of the hearings. Why were they important? Where we are right now in terms of the regulations and some events that are coming up that are extremely important to our community and our industry. Important events like? There are public hearings coming up at the end of the, the month. Yeah, so February 26th to the 28th. There are going to be very important policy debates with the Cannabis Control Commission. So put that in your schedules. We'll go a little bit more in depth in the, into that later. So we're going to start with how important the recent public listening sessions were for the state of Massachusetts and the cannabis industry. So there were 10 listening sessions in 10 towns, right? Yeah. So people from 10 different districts were able to you know, raise their voice on what they wanted to say. And yeah, so the recent public hearings were very important because like as Joey was saying, it was our time to let the government know, let the Cannabis Control Commission know what we want in regards to the developing regulations. So Gab, what happened at these hearings? So at these hearings, constituents, businesses, lobbyists, regular residents of Massachusetts, and outside, you know, everyone had the chance to testify, share a story, and give a recommendation on what they thought the Cannabis Control Commission can do to implement in their developing regulations. Yeah, we, we heard a lot of similar um, provisions that we were pushing for, uh, specifically in regards to delivery, one-day, three-day events, um, smoking and designated areas, and um, delivery licenses. So in Roxbury, there were so many people in the crowd that we couldn't even get through the whole list of speakers. Um, we actually put together a couple clips of some of the videos, a couple clips of testimonies, and there's a pretty common theme here, and that's equity. And then finally, I want to emphasize the importance of having access to the smaller licenses uh, in order to uh, realize the promise of this equity piece in the law. That includes events licenses, uh, social use licenses and also delivery licenses. I want to point out, uh, as uh, Councillor Jackson did, we can't add, on one hand have uh, Boston as the birthplace of D Drizzly, which just gained $60 million in venture capital, uh, hailed as a great innovation that's creating opportunity, and at the same time say that uh, delivery of marijuana is going to be a public safety hazard. That's a complete double standard. 
We know for sure that equity can never be achieved with items just like priority tracks and technical assistance. These are important, but what is critical is having the underlying framework and licensing structure that allows for access. Um, it is precisely why the legislature made these changes uh, to our ballot question. These licenses and the ones that I'm talking about are delivery only licenses, social consumption licenses, mixed use licenses, and event licenses aren't just important for equity reasons. And BYOC, non-brick and mortar delivery licenses and one day, three day event licenses, you know, these licenses, even though they don't exist, these events and activities are currently happening. So by not including these people in regulations and people who are participating in these events, which all those participants look similarly to me and a lot of these people in this room, we are leaving them to be vulnerable to current law enforcement. So by excluding these people, all right, let me just cut to the point. People want an opportunity to enter this industry. They want to make sure that their communities can benefit rather than just having big businesses like dispensaries creating and maximizing their profit. You know, we need to benefit as well. Did anything strike you during the listening sessions? Yeah, um, I think that a lot of the community members were in support of an industry that they could actually participate in. And on the other side, there were entities trying to protect their profits and their sort of ownership. A quote from the Boston Globe article written by Dan Adams and published on February 1st. I almost hope the threat of federal interference keeps some of the players out of it, said Robert Proctor, chief executive of Elevated Access Center, which plans to open a medical dispensary in Dartmouth in 2019 and will likely apply for a recreational license as well. Let's face it, he says, the fewer people who are in it, the bigger the pie for the rest of us. I'd like to thank Mr. Proctor for making it abundantly clear what the big money special interests in this state really think about this industry. This statement should be an eye opener to anyone that hasn't been paying attention. And it should show exactly what some people's intentions and priorities really are. People who tell you that we must not have delivery only or social use are only worried about their competition and they even tell you this in their testimony. I heard it yesterday. Operators. However, simply put, the vast majority of illegal operators and applicants lacking sufficient capital are ill-prepared to handle the immense Chapter 280E burden. So, there are many dispensary owners um, testifying on behalf of delivery only for brick and mortar retail locations. They want um, delivery to be handled only by people who own storefront locations. And, and why, why is it important to have delivery? Licensing non-brick and mortar delivery service, which allow those who currently distribute cannabis to bring their expertise into the legal market. Not only might this achieve the equity goals of the legislation, but it capitalizes on our existing distribution relationships. Instead of dismantling and creating an entirely new system, let's remove bad actors and establish a more transparent structure. Non-brick-and-mortar delivery licenses is another license, it's another low-cost opportunity for someone to enter the industry. All you really need is a car and let's say a few hundred dollars if 
you know, this license isn't exaggeratedly expensive. In Boston, at least, Ooh, the housing market, that's just rising through the roof. Leasing out a building to do such a thing is kind of, you know, ridiculous. Right. So, so another, yeah. I mean, another point in this is that Boston recently approved this app called Drizzly, which is essentially delivery for alcohol. And they're talking about it's an innovative business. It's going to create opportunities for people. And they've made a lot of money. So, you know, if I could get a bottle of red wine delivered here, then why can't I get an eighth? You know, right. what, why can't I smoke a joint right now and call someone to legally bring it to me? Another thing is this system already exists in California. It. This is a structure that already exists. The sky doesn't fall when this happens. Uh, we can do this safely and we can make this an equitable industry. So another very common theme that a lot of people were talking about was the ability to have event licenses. Events will allow vendors, including low-income entrepreneurs, to sample or within special permits approved by the commission and municipalities, be able to sample or sell craft marijuana cultivated co-op-based products. Uh, this would benefit those with good products who lack the financial resources to purchase a million dollar cannabis facility. Uh, we need to focus on the little guys here and gals. Uh, delivery only retail should be written into the law and should be considered a micro business. Uh, and the reason that these are so important is because, again, not everybody can afford a storefront location. So it's pretty easy and it's the pretty, it's the most traditional sort of common theme that people do in the cannabis industry, cannabis community, is they'll just rent a location and have it at a fairground or in a warehouse or in a building. Um, it's just a lot more affordable than to have to pay rent in Boston or in Massachusetts. Yeah, and one of the four important points, one of the fourth important points to bring up to the Cannabis Control Commission and bring your own cannabis. So why is it important to bring your own cannabis? Also these BYC events, the ability for adults to gather in a place and be able to bring and consume their cannabis with them, it's very important to not have protections from that, opens them up to problems with internal law enforcement from state and local levels, which again, we don't need because again, we don't have an illicit market anymore. What we have is an unregulated one. One, where legally it's our right to already carry up to an ounce in public, so why not bring it with you, you know? And second, right now in Massachusetts and nationally, who are the people who are getting disproportionately harmed by law enforcement by carrying their own cannabis? You know, people of color. Right now in Massachusetts, the ACLU, ACLU has proved that black people are seven times more likely to get arrested Right. So, so what about all what about all the home growers who want to bring their cannabis to events? Well, the biggest concern that the CCC had was testing, was making sure that it's clean cannabis. But a remedy to that is on-site testing. So currently, there are groups who actually specialize in on-site testing, and that would mitigate concerns of unclean cannabis. Uh, we believe that social use is essential in this industry because if you don't give somebody a place to consume, they're going to be in the street or in their cars consuming. Social clubs and pop-up pop uh, one-event parties are a perfect marriage for craft cannabis. It really allows the consumer to choose what they want that isn't always available in the big stores. It's good for tourism in particular. We have a lot of tourists that are patients as well. We ha I had personally had the issue when my father came to visit. 
and there was nowhere to take him. He needed to get his medicine and there was nowhere to take him. We need to remember that uh, when setting lower limits. Patients are either with valid medical cards or not will be going to these places. We will be seeing cancer patients coming to the hospitals in Boston from out of state wanting to medicate but having nowhere to go. I'm a parent. There's a big problem right now in Las Vegas. They don't have anywhere to consume socially. So we have people buying from, buying from dispensaries and nowhere to smoke it. So they end up smoking in the streets. They end up smoking in their cars, which is the public safety issue. That's the reason that we need to in implement social use. And we have to remind the Cannabis Control Commission, we have to remind and continue to pressure the government to benefit us. Why? Because the squeaky wheel gets the grease. In order to get what you want passed in the law, you need to be vocal about it. And that's exactly what these people did. So that was amazing, right? And a little upsetting. Right. You know, we have to continue and remind them what we want. We just need to be persistent as we have been with these hearings. So continue to show up to the CCC hearings, continue to be a part of the discussion and at the table when they're deciding how we regulate this industry. So when is the next time we can be at the table during this, be at the table when these decisions are being made? February 26th to 28th, the CCC is having a public policy debate. The legislators do not want us to be moving fast. You know, they want us to build the foundation first. Who are these legislators? Um, mainly it's coming from Governor Baker, a little bit of Marty Walsh in there too, but there are actually 78 legislators who signed on to uh, a statement to the CCC recommending that they slow their role, that they don't implement social use or delivery. So 78 legislators signed this recently? Yes. Um, to they, tell the CCC to slow down. Right. So they also submitted recommendations, just like the constituents did. And they recommended that we take this one step at a time. Yeah. And you're saying that people couldn't testify during the Roxbury hearings either. So many people signed up that they couldn't testify. And 78 legislators signed this bill. Right. It's crazy. How can they tell us to slow down when... You know, we passed question four. They gave the, the, the Cannabis Control Commission the ability to create these regulations. Uh, there's so many people who testified this past week. So let's see who the Cannabis Control Commission listens to. Right. Is it up to the, the people of Massachusetts or is it just the people in power that make the decisions? It's all of us. And we pressure them to make the decisions we want. So we need to make sure we speak up. So what you can do is call your legislator, call the Cannabis Control Commission, and tell them why these regulations are important, why these you know paths to equity are important. Maybe the governor and these mayors are out of touch as to why the people are fighting for the plant now. They, maybe they don't understand that this is another path for those who have been hurt right. due to previous prohibition and disproportionate law enforcement. It's, it's just important that we make this a really inclusive industry. Uh, 1.8 million people in Massachusetts voted for this, and I'm pretty sure that they voted for an equitable industry, not just an industry controlled by the wealth. And we have to speak up February 26th and 28th during the important policy debates of the Cannabis Control Commission. So where are you going to be, Joey, the 26th and the 28th? They haven't released the date and location, but as soon <laughs> as they do, as soon as they do, MRCC will let you know. We'll have posts everywhere on Instagram, our Facebook. This mm -hmm. is how you stay involved. 
Now you know. Make sure your your 26th and your 28th is free. What will this determine, though, if we show up the 26th and 28th? The public policy hearings are basically going to decide how our industry looks come July 2018, when marijuana for adult use is legal. So show up to these public policy debates. They will determine these type of regulations. You know, if you want to consume socially outside, make sure at these public policy debates. You know, you want to make sure equity is implemented, make sure you're at these public policy debates. So it's very important for us to make sure we vouch for one and three day event licenses, bring your own cannabis licenses, non-brick and mortar delivery licenses alongside with... Well, we essentially just need to tell our legislators to listen to the CCC. We have been operating in this community for a long time. We know how to handle it safely. So make sure you show up to the public policy debates on February 26th and 28th. Now you know how you can impact the industry, so let them know, remind them. It's our job to remind them. So, what are you lighting there? Well, I really enjoy Indicas because they help me relax. So what type of Indica is it? Don't worry about it. It's a a secret strain that I really enjoy. (laughs) And... It's important to be knowledgeable about what you consume. So what we really need people to do, consumers, non-consumers, make sure you show up to these final policy debates. Not only that, but contact your legislators and make them know that we can handle this industry in a safe way. Stop pushing back. We don't need self-appointed grown-ups telling us how to run our industry. Okay, so finishing moves. What's your finishing move, Joey? I was gonna say. Besides lighting this joint, let me see the lighter. All right, my finishing move would be to call Charlie Baker and tell him he's probably not gonna pick up. You can leave a voicemail or you can talk to his aide. Just let them know that you voted along with 1.8 million residents of Massachusetts for this. If Charlie Baker doesn't listen to the will of his voters, why is he in power? Why is he the governor? He's supposed to be the voice of the people. And we elected him to serve our state. Also, please call your local city councilors and mayors. If you live in Boston, call Marty Walsh. Call city councilors and show up to your town hall meetings. Why? Because everything happens locally. It all starts on the local level. And it all starts with you. So make sure you call your local legislators, whether it's your city council, your mayor, or your or. legislator. Let them know and show up February 26th and 28th for the important public policy debates. This is your chance to be a part of this industry. This is your chance to create equity. And this is your chance to create a safe and responsible industry. Until next time. And if you want to stay updated on our next podcast, we welcome you to become a Patreon. And you could find us at patreon.com slash mrcc underscore access. Why is this called cornbread, bro? What is that? (laughs)